Hello, everyone. Welcome to our seventh episode of But Why Though, a philosophy-themed comedy podcast with comedian Josh Carter and philosophy student Nancy Lopez. And today we have a very special episode. We are doing the philosophy of music, and we got some of my favorite musicians out there. For instance, one of our guests is the none only then Alex P3. He's a rapper, a singer, a songwriter, a dancer, and a talk show host. He hosts an internet talk show called The Audio Menary, which you could listen to on iTunes, Spotify, and all your streaming services. Who else we have, Nancy? We also got my good friend, Sarah Rivera, and we actually met at SF State in a philosophy class, so <laughs> we go way back. So she's a philosophy major. She's also a freelance stylist, vinyl DJ with Chulita Vinyl Club, and yeah, my good friend. Cool. We also have some of my good friends from the New York City comedy scene, Mary Cecile Anderson and Katie Frame. You might know them as the Reformed Whores. They've opened up for Weird Al Yankovic, and they've been featured at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. They have two albums that you could check them out. They're called One is called Ladies Don't Spit. And the other one's called Don't Beat Around the Bush. They're all on all the streaming services, so you can check it out on iTunes, Spotify, and yeah. And guess what? I am debuting my hip-hop, my first hip-hop song since I was in high school. We're going to listen to that (laughs) during this viewing party. It's a parody song of the song Savage by Meg Thee Stallion. It's called Cabbage. (laughs) I'm a cabbage. I'm that bitch, been that bitch, still that bitch, will forever be that bitch. I'm produce Mona Lisa, healthier than meats, bruh. Sometimes high vegetarians order me on pizza. I do it for the culture, vitamins I got most of. When I get juiced, I will cure you of your ulcer. Cabbage, a metaphor for cash, bitch. I may taste like water, but that's better than a radish. I would never cause this in your belly if I was in it. Bitch, I go in soup. Don't cook me with garlic, that's spinach. I'm a cabbage. Crispy, cooling, average. Will leave your tummy undamaged. Doesn't matter if you're full or if you're famished. That's my adage. I'm a cabbage. Healthy, crunchy, static. Probably eaten by Tiffany Haddish. Don't act like you never had this. What's happening? I'm a cabbage. Hi, everyone. So today we're going to be talking about philosophy of music. And we're going to be talking a little bit about two philosophers, Aristotle and Frederick Nietzsche. So we'll go ahead and get right into it. And our first quote that I wanted to talk about says explications of the concept of music usually begin with the idea that music is organized sound they go on to note that this characterization is too broad since there are many examples of organized sound that are not music such as human speech and the sounds that animals and machines make so i wanted to ask you guys what does music mean to you is it based only on melodies and rhythms, or do you consider any organized sound to be music? What do you think, Josh? I'll start with you. Um, I never knew I was a musician. I thought comedy <laughs> was a music, but now I'm going to subscribe to that idea. I'm officially a musician, everyone, <laughs> a vocal musician without melody. Um, so what do you think? Um, I, I, what I, is music I, I, I mean, I think of music as like something that, yeah, that's that's like song like yeah melodies and rhythms and like instrumentals but even without instrumentals like i guess singing is music if it's um if it's just like you're singing what about like recordings of nature and stuff like that i mean people you could cut up nature and you could cut up like animal sounds and turn it into music like kanye on one song i know he had like had like whales and stuff like real Mm -hmm. whale sounds yeah so you can make music out of any I think sound, but I think when we think of music, we're thinking of like, you know, like something you could like kind of bob your head to the rhythm in some capacity. Yeah. So there's different arguments about what it is and what it's not. So it's just interesting to look at that. But yeah, we have some real pros here. Yeah. Like, so we, you guys could jump in if you want to give your 
my two cents and conversation will flow from there. <laughs> I will throw a wrench in this whole theory that it's organized sound mm-hmm. and um, bring up John Cage, who uh, wrote a piece called 433, which is just four minutes and 33 seconds of silence. And oh, yeah, really pushing the bounds of like, what is music? Because that's like what they were that that time period. That's what everyone was like, sort of interested in a lot of these composers. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about no sound? No, I mean, that actually does make sense, because in music, um, when you're like in music theory, there's obviously like rests, you know, and rests are like the, the silence in between the sound. So like that still is incorporated into like music as a whole when you're talking about like the theory of it. But I also wanted to like piggyback off the like, what like, you know, what is music idea as far as like no sound, I was gonna go with, um, like, I don't think it's necessarily an organized sound to be music. I don't think that is a necessary uh, qualification because there's such a thing as atonal music, um, which is just like, it's basically just different sounds with different instruments. And, you know, there are people that um, like made a career out of like not necessarily making like rhythmic music, but also just making like weird sounding shit where you're just like, what even is that, you know? Like, I'm thinking of, um, like, Frank Zappa is, like, a really good example of an instrumentalist who makes, like, melodic music, and he has songs, and he has hits, but he also just has, like, random sounds and weird shit that you're just like, what? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like, it's all, like, experimental. And I think for me, like, any, like, grouping of sounds that come from, like, within and come from, like, an emotional expression, I think that is what counts as music to me. So, like, even with like in like a nature sense, like animals, you know, like all the sounds that they make, it's for a purpose. It's for like an expression of an emotion, even though like animals don't have like the consciousness to, you know, put it into like a language, but in a way, like it kind of is a language too. Um, Because again, it's just like, I'm expressing this thing that I either need or that I feel. And like, I think any sound under that umbrella is what I would qualify as music for me. Yeah. I think also like potentially if you, if someone was like, no, no, but an animal sound or like a truck sound, like we can't call that music. But if you were to say like, you know, some sort of sound or lack of sound with Mm -hmm. the intention of artistic expression, I think that that is a, is another way to like delineate them between like, sort of natural sounds or like sounds in your environment versus sounds that are like intentionally put out for the purpose of like artistic enjoyment. But right now, um, like Billie Eilish right now is my favorite and listening to her process of songwriting with her brother Phineas, she said that she was like crossing the street somewhere in Europe and she heard some stoplight sound and to her, that was so musical that they did a sample of it, took it back, and then was able to really change the the way that it was actually sounding. But they used it as a beat. And it makes, I mean, it makes whatever, I think it was Bad Guy that they used that part for. But um, I just think that concept is so cool where you can hear something that's not technically, or, you know, organized sound or whatever. But then being able to take it, sample it, and then really make music as we we call music right 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 yeah yeah make like an instrument out of anything but yeah you, what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say for me music is just like uh self-expression that's really i think that, that that's really <clears throat> that's really what i think all it really is um because like i said even when um like you take timberland um, he did a song with Aaliyah back in the, in the 90s called Are You Are You That Somebody? And he took Ooh, a sample of a baby classic. crying. You know what I'm saying? He took a, that oh, baby yes. crying, man. <laughs> like, how did you, to this yeah. day, I'm still like, what made you want to put that in there? You know what I mean? I think music, all, I think really all it is is the self-expression of inspiration around us. I think mm-hmm. that's really all it is. That's, a, that's all I got to say. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to think about these things and that si- like you you got me thinking bringing up that four minutes of silence i guess is, does is, 
if it's on a CD, is it music? I guess that's. I mean, I, mean, I, I it, I've seen John Cage perform, and he does that piece, and he just sits there. <laughs> I mean, that is so sick and genius, and yeah. I'm just upset that I didn't think of it. <laughs> that's my worst nightmare. Right. Amy, Amy to just like not do anything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So we'll we'll move on to our next questions. This is one that we'll probably the next question we're probably going to just talk about the rest of this time because it's like a lot you could say about it. <laughs> There's a couple though. So in the 19th century, a debate began over whether music could convey emotions and depict images to listeners. Some believe music has no effect on people, and some believe that it does. There is a second group of questions centered around listeners' emotional responses to music. These include questions about why and how we respond emotionally to music, the value of such responses, and why we choose to listen to certain types of music. So my questions are, what effects does music have on people? Is it meaningless or does it actually have emotional effects? Does music cause us to be happy or sad or is it something inside of us causing these emotions so what do you do you want to answer first or um well anyone could jump in who wants to um, wants obviously to it has an effect on people i think yeah me too <laughs> <But> uh, <laughs> i don't know well like a lot of people do crazy things on music it also inspires people like i know for me as a comedian like there are certain albums that i could write to way better than others which is weird and they're random it's like not things you'd expect like mob deep's first album for some reason like i could listen to it a million times infamous whenever i put it on like for some reason it i don't know if it's like the melody it's definitely not the lyrics because the lyrics have nothing to do with my jokes that i'm writing or anything um but but yeah i mean i don't know that's just what i have to say there but i think it's definitely something that could inspire you and it's like a way you could get like messages kind of out and like under the radar and stuff. I mean, we're, we're the Queens of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The other thing I would say about it though, like this isn't really philosophical, but I just saw that there was some scientific studies they've been doing about it and that, uh, sad songs will affect a part of your brain. That's different than a happy song. So that it is like physically affecting your brain emotions you know when you hear like a sad a sad song so there is something like again that's not so much of like a pondering question more of like a science proved it <laughs> but <laughs> it's true <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. well it's amazing when i whenever i go through a breakup i like to just like wallow in it for a little bit i allow myself i'm allowed to smoke like a pack of cigarettes that's it and then listen listen to Adele and like that shit is some sad songs Dolly Parton's early stuff some sad songs but when I'm going through it I want to hear music and songs about stories of the same thing that I'm going through because it doesn't make me feel alone I feel you yeah music is totally for me it's always been like something I I leaned on for like validation like any emotion that I felt, I I knew that I could like listen to a song where I felt like this person was feeling the way I did. And it was just, it's always been really like cathartic for me. And like, I think it's interesting too, because as much as music affects us personally, I feel like it also affects us like indirectly in a way. Um, and the example that I thought of was like, it'll have like, I can't really, I don't know how to articulate this, but it's kind of like a separate emotion from yourself, but it's still your emotion. Like sometimes I hear songs that are so bad that I, I get so angry and I'm obviously not being like validated by this, like on a personal level, but I'm like, who thought that this was like a good song? Like that song is horrible. Who made it? Like, what is, like shit like that where I'm like, this is so stupid. Like I'm upset that this song was even made or like, wow, I'm really happy that this song was made because I love this song so much. It's, you know, so, like, that's another example of how it affects you, like, on a less personal, but, like, still directly affecting you way, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, I'd be, like, a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, actually, that idea that um, a song can evoke not the intended emotion. <laughs> but it totally, yeah. It's It's, like, 
the absurdity of that is hilarious to me where I'm just like, like, I think like when I think of a band like that, it's like, I, I hope I'm not offending anybody at all, but I think of like Pearl Jam. I'm like, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like they're not good. Oh. Fight me. <laughs> I cannot stand the singer's voice. Like, I don't know. Like, do you guys have bands like that where you're just like, I can't stand ABBA. ABBA. I, I don't like any ABBA. And my mom has been blasting it all over the house. And it, oh, my, no. I'm just, it makes me so on edge. She loves it. <laughs> she loves it. So I can't, I can't come I mean, I love it too. But I, I mean, I love them for nostalgic reasons with like my grandparents and stuff. Like, <laughs> And, and I like disco, but I mean, I, I, get, I get the sentiment. It's like we all understand that sentiment of like, who decided that that trash was good? Like, everybody knows what that's like. Sorry. For me, I don't have music that I really hate. Like, I have music that just does nothing for me, but I, there's nothing that yeah. you could put on that I'm like, oh. I mean, oh, maybe. I bet, I bet I mean, unless it's like me something. singing, like, and <laughs> someone recording it. Funny how, like, <laughs> isn't it funny how even though. The, the music that does, like, nothing for you, where you're just like, I don't know, I don't get it, you know? Does, isn't it interesting how, like, whatever the artist's intended emotion was, you just, like, didn't feel it at all? Like, that is super interesting to me, where you're just like, no, I don't. But what's even more me. interesting, yeah, mm-hmm. and what's even more interesting is that, so that can happen where you're like, oh, I don't feel that emotion, but somebody else could totally feel it. Right, right. You know, yeah, like, that trips why? me out. What is that, yeah. Secret messages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know um this is like a little off topic because that's the queen of who i am i just like to be off topic oh, no, go ahead. But have you, do you know like brown sounds or like brown tones this idea that there's mm-hmm. like this like, there's this idea that there's like a tone or a sound that can be played that can make people shit themselves <gasps> oh wow wait is I that have, a thing i have heard this before i've heard of this theory before like, i didn't I know that it was called though like is, is, is it a sound is it like oh my god i just shat my pants like, <laughs> your brown sound is my voice marie <laughs> you know it on tour <laughs> But so I don't know. That's like a thing. That's it's. It, but I, but that's okay. To get back into philosophy about it, I guess it's like, what is the drive to make somebody want their whole audience to shit themselves? I mean, is that how do we feel about that? <laughs> or like, how do they discover that? Even where they're like, oh, this note in this key will make somebody shit themselves. Let's play it. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like more like hypnotism to me. Like when you hear this next song, you will shit yourself. Oh. Uh, that had to happen on accident. Like somebody was playing the piano, and then They're like, oh I don't god, know, and oh, I don't know. They just did it again, and someone else shit it, and then, <laughs> and then everyone shit it. I really believe that's how that happened. It's, like, it's constipation music. Oh god, I want to see that sketch comedy ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> they need to put that in like bathrooms. Public bathrooms. If you're constipated, this is the cure. <laughs> Oh, God. I I totally feel you, though, what you were saying before, like about breakup music, that there's like certain types of music that you want to just hear, like in certain moods. And like, we could definitely add this brown music for when you're constipated, when you're broken up with, you want to hear music (laughs) to relate to. (laughs) I wonder if there's digestive music, like if you have no appetite, you could listen to something that gets you hungry. There, I mean, there are um, sound frequencies that emit certain energies and, um, so I mean, people use them for, like, manifestation purposes, like, I will, I'm trying to manifest abundance or I'm trying to manifest love or manifest, like, more positivity in my life, so there's definitely sounds that, for some reason, just give off, like, a specific energy that will affect you if you like, you know, just like are open to it and listen to it enough. Um, like whenever, I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but whenever I'm writing like invoices for clients, I listen to like an, an abundance, like if they're called binaural beats, like I listen to an abundance one and it makes me feel like, okay, like this money will come to me sooner and I will have, I will be fine, like paying my bills and affording the things I want. And I don't know, like, I, I feel like they work because I'm like, you know, kind of like hippie like that, but 
I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to think about and to just try it out and just see if like, if you wanted to listen to like a certain sound frequency that emitted more like positivity in your life or like stress reduction, like maybe like if you tried listening to those and see if they work, like I think it's a really good experiment, even if you're not totally sold on the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely interesting. That also, so that also leads us to our next question where Aristotle has talks a little bit about this and it says shifting focus from benefits located in the expressive work to those located in the emotional listener. The oldest suggestion is Aristotle's theory of catharsis, according to which our negative emotional response to negatively expressive art results in a positive psychological cleansing of negative emotions. A less therapeutic approach is a suggestion that since these emotions are without life implications, so that means that we're not sad about any actual tragic event, we are able to take advantage of our responses to savor these emotions, gain an understanding of them, and be reassured that we have the capacity to feel them. So my question here was, do you agree that feeling negative emotions that come from art, whether it's music, paintings, movies, any form of art, give us a positive outcome, making us appreciate these emotions and having us realize that sadness produced by music is not necessarily negative. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, I I don't know, I think a lot of hip-hop has, like, this kind of thing interwoven in it. It's kind of like, like, I remember... Like, a lot of people don't know this about me, but, like, when I was, like, in 10th grade, I went to military school. Like, my mom shipped me off, and I was there. The first, like, month of it, it was called plebe system, where basically they treat you like you're, like... It's, like, basically, like, fraternity hazing type stuff. You have to wake up at, like, 5 in the morning, do, like, a bunch of push-ups, sit-ups. People are always yelling in your face. If you ever talk back, like, you have to do a bunch... So, like, listening to stuff like Everyday Struggle by Biggie... Make me realize there are oh, other yeah. there are worse struggles out there than me exercising yeah. a lot and getting yelled at. You know, um, yeah. I mean, so, relating to another someone else's negative emotion kind of maybe kind of feels like you're like in like kind of like the, like a group like AA or something like that, and kind of in that kind of way it makes you feel better about what's going on and that you could get through this. Like you're not alone. Yeah. That idea of catharsis. It's very cathartic sometimes to listen to negative things if you're in a negative place because it can i don't know catharsis is like the best definite word for it which is just sort of the soothing self-soothing of like oh yeah we're all in this together in this crazy fucked up world we all live in <laughs> we're all in like the same boat yeah, yeah and then helpful. you and you give a chance to process some of your emotions maybe and not just like p- push them down mm-hmm Especially with the breakup music, like 808 and Heartbreak, I never really like felt that album until like I had my first major breakup. Then all of a sudden I realized the genius behind that. And I started listening to all these other things again that I didn't like. And it's funny, do you ever have, this is something that Kanye specifically does. Like on his, some of his newer albums, at first listen, you're like, eh, it's, it's nothing special. But then like once you hear people talking about it a bunch, you can listen to it like a second or third time, then you all of a sudden get it. Does, do you guys ever get that from anything? There's been lots of albums and things like that that I've experienced. Neutral Milk Hotel, that one album, the Airplane Over the Sea one. Oh yeah, I, that I did really not. Good. I did not get that album the first couple times I listened to it, and then all of a sudden I was yeah. like, "This is the best album I ever heard in my life." So it's yeah. weird how some things can kind of grow in you. Yeah, I feel that way with um, Patsy Klein. Like, I didn't grow up listening to her or anything, but I was introduced to her, like, in the last, like, probably, like, seven years of my life, and I, hearing her music, like, even though I wasn't in, like, a really sad or, like, breakup stage when I was introduced to her, it made me, like, remember all, like, the time before that I was, like, going over like a really bad breakup and just like feeling so like betrayed like her songs are like betrayal and like heartbreak and just like being just really like melancholic and stuff and 
I've definitely had those moments, especially like in relationships and her, her music is really like, okay, I feel like shit about myself. I'm going to listen to her and like sing my little heart out and just be like, okay, I feel better about that. <laughs> you know, just have like a sesh with her real quick and just say, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, um, the way I understood this passage of Aristotle is just like, we need to make space for these negative feelings. And I think by actively giving them space, it ends up being a positive experience because we're able to like release the ne the negative emotions. And I think that's, I mean, that's really important, you know, like you need to, when you're, whenever you're feeling bad, like, I think it's really important to give those feelings, you know, attention and space and just be like, okay, like this is, this is how I'm feeling right now. It sucks, but like the fact that I'm even doing this and like letting them release is, is really good. So, yeah. When I was in college, when I was in acting school, I was learning method acting and I really was so entranced by this idea of becoming the character. Oh, and yeah. I would pick out songs for the character, whichever play I was doing or a movie or a film or whatever. And like, I got so ingrained in like, associating a song with the character that like and I was so young as an actor that I would before I'd go on stage even if like the show has opened there's like 300 people out in the theater I was backstage in my dressing room with my earphones on just trying to mute out the whole world and just listen to the song so I could become the character and then oh, yeah. yeah so it was like I mean I don't know if I would do that now as a as an older actor but when I was learning the process of it, music helped so much and it really, and it didn't have anything to do with acting on stage. But for me, just, you know, I was um, in Hamlet, Gertrude in Hamlet, like how am I supposed to play an older woman while I picked out like, an, you know, um, a Bob Dylan song or so something that really like felt deep, deeper than anything that I've ever experienced as like a young 20 year old. So Music, I don't know. Music, I think, like, in that sense, what he means, well, the way I interpret it is just, we all have these wide ranges of emotions. And I think some people try to just try to ignore the negative, but might as well embrace it. <laughs> yeah, the negativity and like, inspires the best art, I feel like. Mm. Well, just, well, that, at least in my Well, the struggle or, like, the, just, like, I don't know, Hitting rock bottom <laughs> inspires. Yeah. Right, right, right. You have to climb up. <laughs> kind of like how we feel right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do know. <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be lots of good art that comes out of this weird experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's partly because, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I know with com comedians, they say this a lot, that um, – you know, you're not a good comedian unless you've had a lot of struggle in your life. And then some people really push against that because it's, it's like, well, maybe I had a happy life, but I can still be funny or whatever. But there is something to be said for um, in like storytelling. What makes a story interesting is the conflict. It's not the like everything goes great. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So you could draw on those like real sometimes. life like struggles a lot of the time. Yeah, it helps you grow and it gives you some kind of When I was like in my early 20s, uh, like anything like I would do that seemed a little sketchy or risky, I would be like, well, worst case scenario, I'll have a new bit out of it. That, that is a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> like I got arrested for walking between the subway car doors. I was like, I'm just notebook open for this whole experience and night. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You would have that happen on purpose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it does. It did help me, like, uh, not worry, not be scared of, like, or nervous of what's coming. Sometimes, you know, if something like if you're in like kind of a negative situation in a way, you just remember you're an artist, and good will come from it. That's just me being an optimist too. On top of, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that. I wish I could do. I'm gonna like make a note of switching my mindset to that because my anxiety is like oh my god everything's shit it's gonna go bad oh no you know and like i need to just be like you know what what if it goes good and i get something good out of this like that mm -hmm. i like that <laughs> just think of eminem as soon as he moved out of the trailer park his music stopped no, i'm just sorry <laughs> uh, 
I don't want to have beef with Eminem after this. <laughs> 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 All right, so we'll move on to our second philosopher, Nietzsche. And what he states is that God has given us music so that, above all, it can lead us upwards. Music unites all qualities. It can exalt us, divert us, cheer us up, or break the hardest of hearts with the softest of its melancholy tones. But its principal task is to lead our thoughts to higher things, to elevate, even to make us tremble. The musical art often speaks in sounds more penetrating than the words of poetry and takes hold of the most hidden crevices of the heart. Song elevates our being and leads us to the good and the true. If, however, music serves only as a diversion or as a kind of vain ostentation, it is sinful and harmful. Without music, life would be a mistake. The German imagines even God as a songster. So my question is, do you guys agree with Nietzsche stating that if music is used to show off or to brag, then it's harmful and it's not what it should be used for? Do you think artists do this today? And how do we feel about this? Do you agree that life without music would be a mistake? We could answer that one after, I guess. But yeah, do you think that... If you use music to show off or to brag, I mean that's yeah. all of hip hop today, right? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, it's like every. I was gonna say, there's, I think there's nothing wrong, and I feel like every artist, every, I don't, I won't even take it outside of music. Anything you're trying to do, um, I think you should definitely be the most confident at it. You know, um, I don't want to say necessarily try to be the best at it, but the best you can be. You know, and I don't feel like there's anything wrong with being proud of what you've created, you know what I mean? Because everybody else seems to be proud of what, you know, about what they've done and are very unapologetic about it. So I feel like, you know, why not? Why can't you be the same about it? You know? so. Yeah, for sure. I think Nietzsche's being a little judgy judge there. I think he's being real <laughs> judgmental of people. Nietzsche's I don't like not that. a fan of, of 2000s hip hop. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no kidding. He was, I think he was 14 when he said that too. So he's he a was. little teenager he bitch. Was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in some ways, I agree. I mean, you know, you know, it's funny. Like in hip hop, like when some art, like when a lot of artists brag about what they have, I like kind of see it as like it's not really them bragging. It's like the first of success for someone who's like kind of been impoverished, you know. So it's kind of like more like a success story and a testimonial. Like but then, Nicki Minaj. Oh my god, I love it. I love how much yeah. she brags and flaunts. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of empowering. It makes you feel like, oh, I could get there too, in a way, right? Or Gen- Jennifer Lopez, Jenny from the Block. It's like she's still Jenny from the Block, but she's got all these diamonds and stuff. It's like, go, you go, girl. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what I think what the brag um, kind of steps into uh, when it comes to bragging. I think it's more about what it what came from the music is what they brag about. You know, the house, like you said, the house, the mansions, the chains, the, you know, the millions, I think, you know, it came from my music and that's what, you know, I think it's to brag about because honestly, I think like if somebody like a blue face were to come up to me and brag about his music, I wouldn't, you know, I would definitely wouldn't feel any type of way. You know what I mean? Cause you know, I, I'm not a fan of his. I don't think he's the best of the best of rappers, but mm-hmm. has a fan base and some mm-hmm. people really do think that, He's dope. You know what I mean? So, you know, and that goes into what he would, I feel like what he would have to brag about when it, you know, when it comes to me and a couple other people, it would be about the fact that his music got him this mansion, the chains, you know, the, what is it called? The, just the, um, I don't know, just the outcome, I guess, is what is to brag about. You want, I will say this. I, I like most hip hop and I do, and I am a big fan of Little Dicky too. But when he brags, it turns me off. Does Does anyone else Whoa. have that? Lil, when Lil Dicky brags, does it kind of turn me off? It's a joke. <laughs> no, no, but like, I guess you're right. Yeah, but <laughs> I think he's making fun of like people bragging, but <laughs> yeah, maybe. But it could still yeah, be annoying. I, I, you. I mean, that's fair enough. <laughs> I think but he like brags about like having parents between... that care about him. That's like a mean brag. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's a difference between, like, bragging for people's validation 
mm. and gassing and gassing yourself up. You know what I mean? Because right, right, right. you know, like like artists, like you know, to use the examples from earlier, like like a like a J Lo or like Beyonce. You know, it's like they already know they're sick. They're gassing themselves up, and they have that knowledge, and that's that's like their power. You know, but other artists that you know maybe are like starting out that you know, are trying to, like, put off this super confident, like, I'm the shit persona, like, it seems like they're more seeking the validation from the audience instead of just, like, inherently having that internal validation. So I think, like, if you're doing it for that reason, then that's harmful to yourself because you don't already have the validation. But if you're doing it because you already have that confidence and you know you're the shit and you just want to, like, share your your expression and your art with other people then like that's cool you know but i i feel like there's like a really fine difference between those two yeah, you know what makes me think of is authenticity and i think that like so much totally. of the best art is really yeah. authentic so like if you're coming in with an attitude that's like let me try to do this to please other people or try to prove something to somebody else it's not coming from right. an authentic place it's coming from like insecurity or whatever i also right. just want to mention that from Nietzsche's point of view, the idea of people coming in and trying to take types of music and say, this one is valuable and this one is not valuable is really dangerous to me. I think that that's where that's yeah. basically censorship. And I just, as a general concept, like, I don't like that. I don't like him say, I, like, if I could talk to him, I would be like, no, 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 no. You don't get to say that this, this music that you like is closer to God than this song that's right. about bragging because yeah. like all the right, points right, you all have right. just made right now, which is that bragging sometimes can be an empowering thing. If it's right. really well. So like, it's that kind of irritates me. Nietzsche. I don't like that. But I'm also like, to your point, like shouldn't Nietzsche be smart enough to realize that music is already a, such a subjective subject that he is no authority and nobody is ever going to be an authority to say what's good and what's not because right, right, right. hello, that's like the whole point of it is that there's all kinds. So there's all kinds of tastes like, Come on, guy. Come on, come on, get together. <laughs> like, <laughs> duh, you can't say like what's good and what's not. You can say what you think is good and what's not. Like, just because I don't like Pearl Jam doesn't mean I think they shouldn't exist. Like, I realize other people get enjoyment out of them and like they're allowed to do that. I would never, but like you <laughs> do that if you want, you know? Like, like, <laughs> I would, yeah, and everyone has the right to creatively express themselves however they want. That's what I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For now. Right. <laughs> For now. <laughs> That's the point. That's the point. We don't, we don't need so I know. But I wonder if Nietzsche, in a way, was trying to just completely show censorship in, in like, wh when did he die? Eight, nine, 1879? Eight? It was like. A long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. But, like, what were the bragging songs that he was talking about? They weren't singing about their wagons. Yeah, oh, that, that's interesting. <laughs> their country like, house. Beethoven's their... just bragging here with those keys. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, he died in 1900, by the way. He tried to be a musician before he became a philosopher, too. Oh, interesting. So that's oh, probably why. He's like, this guy's that's bragging on the violin the way course. he's going against the devil down in Georgia. <laughs> he also, he he died. Well, he I read this just before. I didn't know this off the top of my head. But he, in, when he was 44 years old, he had a mental breakdown on the side of the street because he watched a horse getting beaten and he ran up to the horse and embraced it and said, I understand you horse. <laughs> and then this, this is the philosopher we're discussing. And then 11 years and he never recovered from the mental breakdown. He just had this like complete mental break. But that's what, I mean, of course, like I think artists are all like, just like just one horse beaten away from the, the break. <laughs> I mean, aren't yeah. we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> For real, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he was a little he was crazy. Born on my birthday too, just you know. Oh, also Libra. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So then, we'll we'll do our last question. We're almost done. Well, before we go there, I just want to also say, I know we say like. There, but there are there are certain types of music and songs where we all are like, nah. Even though we're not supposed to say it's bad, come on, we we like to go on social media and talk shit about Takashi sixty nine or whatever. I mean, you know? we're musical comedians. We, <laughs> we like see us, yeah. nobody likes us. 
we get we get introduced all the time. This next act is a musical comedian. Normally, we don't like musical comedy, but they're pretty good. It's like, all right, great. Wait, there's and, some... and they're women. <laughs> somebody like famous? Didn't somebody famous like go on like the Nash? Like was it like Rush Limbaugh or something that like mentioned you guys? Oh no, we we just wrote a song about him because he's an asshole. Oh, unless he mentioned us. No, no, somebody know. mentioned you, like some conservative pundit, like at some oh, point. Oh hell yeah! Who was it? Do you, do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking? I don't. Maybe I'm making this up. I don't know. I'll, I mean, I'll look it up. Be surprised if it happened. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that had nothing to do with anything. I just figured, like, I'd just throw it in there. <laughs> But I think I, when I I remember someone said something about you like on a national stage, and even though it was like negative, but it was like an asshole who said it, and it, made, it was like I was like, "Whoa, shit! These girls are legit." And I was, yeah, Rush I was like, does, he doesn't <laughs> like us. <laughs> Which he does. He won the free, Medal of Freedom, right? Oh yeah, so great. It doesn't wow. Count. It doesn't count this year. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Oh gosh! All right. All right. Come final on. question, <laughs> and then we'll do the listening party. It's gonna be dope. We're like we're like actually like all of you are like very different and very dope in your own way. It's gonna be sweet. So I definitely recommend I checking this out. The whole and listening it. I yeah. mean, if you're listening, this is just to y'all because everyone who's already listening is checking it out. But, <laughs> um, okay. So some people believe that rock and hip hop were not music, like. Quote, like rock and roll, hip-hop is vigorously opposed by conservatives because it romanticizes violence, law-breaking, and gangs. So I wanted to ask... Who well, said that? Some it, quotes. It was on um, online on Wikipedia. This is, this is like old, right? Like, no one anymore, like even conservatives try to have hip-hop on their like campaign trails now. Well, <laughs> it makes them relevant. Yeah, well, I want to ask, why do you think people felt this way? Are rock and hip-hop still seen this way? Do you agree that these genres romanticize these things? Or what do you feel that these genres are actually doing? The only notes that I wrote for that question, I only wrote one word, and I wrote racism. Yeah. And I'm just like, the only reason why like rock and roll and hip hop were so opposed at the beginning was because black people started it and the white people seeing that happen and seeing, you know, young black and brown people getting all like excited and riled up and, you know, getting confidence from the people in their own communities. Like they couldn't have that, you know, like they were afraid of that. So, I mean, it's not cool until white people do it straight up. Like, Think of like Little Richard. He invented rock and roll. R.I.P. He invented rock and roll, and then Elvis did it, and everybody started to like it. You know, Jerry Lee Lewis, like, oh, everybody likes rock and roll now. You know, and it's like the same with hip hop. Like, it started. You know, I can't really say exactly, but I know it started in like the '70s in New York, and then it was like, oh, like, who the fuck? Like, what is that? And then like, Debbie Harry comes in and does a collab with. Uh, I think like Fab Five Freddy and then Beastie Boys come in and they're like white mm. rappers and like suddenly like it's okay and like white people are like j getting on board and like that's that's what I have to say about that and like I don't know it's it's fucked up that that's yeah. how things are I, I mean I don't think they like romanticize any like violence or like law breaking or whatever i don't it's it goes back to the first question of it's a form of self-expression and telling their stories of their own realities and like that's what matters and white people obviously don't understand that because they typically don't live in those kinds of situations so they're like they're romanticizing it by making music out of it and it's like no they're just like sharing their story like nwa is just sharing their story like public enemy they're just sharing their stories and like that's all if if you were to see it from that perspective, like it wouldn't be seen as like romanticized because they're not saying like, this is such a great life. You know, they're like, fuck this, like fuck the police, you know, like this is a fucked up situation and this is like how we live. Yeah. And I'm not, I, I'm not saying that all rap or all hip hop is like that. Like obviously not, but you know, that's just like the example that I immediately thought of. I, I think yes to all of that. 
a hundred percent. And then in addition to that, cause like there was a time to, especially like in like, like the fifties through like this, you know, late sixties or whatever, where older conservative people didn't like any kind of like rock and roll music, you know, whether, regardless of what, you know, if it was Bob Dylan doing a folk song or whatever. And I think partly mm-hmm. what that is about is like the, the sort of general theme of like hip hop, but also like rock and roll music is uh, rebellion. And that, like, it's mm-hmm. about kind of pushing against the establishment, even in, like, we're going to party tonight. Even that right. is, like, a pushing against the right. establishment. And, like, so swing your hips. Yeah, swing your hips. Like, like, exactly. Like, touch your partner a little bit. And you're like, oh, my God, no, don't touch your <laughs> yeah. partner a little bit. And it's just, I yeah. think it's just one way to kind of control people is to say, like, well, this music is no good. Don't listen to this music. Right. Whereas, like you said, it's a it's a music is so much a form of self expression, whether it be your own experiences that you're expressing, or it just being like, this is an internal feeling that I'm having because I'm a human being and I want to express it by like swinging my hips around and telling everybody else to swing their hips around, and that's right, just right, like really right. threatening for like the establishment, which is mostly older white men. <laughs> so, yeah, and your point about like just like older rock and roll, it just made me think of the example of like, so Elvis, like, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to offend people. Maybe. Sorry. But like oh, Elvis, a- like appropriated rock and roll. What? Right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash. Um, no, but yeah, I get what you're then, saying though. I get what you're saying. One, yeah. There's this one footage of him where one piece of footage of him where he like swings his hips and then after that was shot they didn't shoot any musicians from the waist down because they didn't want like to like sexualize the youth and so they started shooting them like from the waist up ever since then and like that's just so funny how like music has that power over people where they think that one little dance move is gonna like I don't know, make all of us or might make everybody just suddenly turn like promiscuous or whatever, like promiscuity meant back in the day. But, but it's it's they just knew that way, it was going to be does. what it is now in a good way. And they were trying to prevent that. Like literally you yeah. can look up on YouTube and see Nicki Minaj's asshole, like, you know, twerking up and down on YouTube. You know what I mean? And that's what they Wait, did. Yeah. Send me the link to that. What? No, <laughs> no but I'm saying like, they, like, that's definitely what they were trying to avoid. But I think they already knew that there was no way that they could avoid that. So they yeah. did what they could, you know what I mean? And then well, I think when it got to what, like the, I don't know. Let me be quiet. No, but go yeah, ahead. That's go, all no, wanna, that's, I but when I saw that question, I, want, I, th- I just thought it was funny when I read that question because from 2017 and 25 years before that, rock and roll was the number one selling genre. And then 2017 came and then hip hop and R&B took over. And it's still currently from the, you know, for the last three years, has been the number one selling genre only in you know the last three years it's just crazy to me only in the last three years and it's not crazy That's i didn't know crazy. that i thought it was way roll. longer than that it was rock and roll from i believe the late 1980s all the way up until 2017 rock and roll was the number one selling genre worldwide and then r&b yeah. hip-hop took over but i believe that was due to the streaming due to the new streaming rules in the That's era of that yeah because we all downloaded our shit and click and that it. counting more as you know obviously no one's buying nobody's buying albums no more so yeah but um Back, I just think that I just thought that was so funny. Nah, I think ended up, you know, you're right about that st- streaming crazy. point you made. I I agree because yeah. like if you think about it, you know, want to hear something crazy? So back when I was in military school, I always had side hustles, even when I was like away and stuff. I would download. I I literally have a book that I just actually gave to Rich James, who's like my DJ at Beauty Bar. But I had a book, and it was literally every hip hop album that ever came out on the mainstream between the years I was in high school of like 2002 to 2006 that I, I like downloaded it all. So I, so like, I think a lot of the hip hop numbers during that time period are skewed because so many people downloaded their music for free or, or like bought the bootleg copy from somebody or, you know, so like now I feel like now that it's streaming and everyone could listen to it at not that high of a cost and like money is taken out of it. You kind of see what people are really like listening to and what's really important to people. Yeah. We did an episode about this actually on our podcast about, um, rec, uh, uh, what do they call it? Radio stations and how radio stations really controlled what it was that people liked and listened to. Mm-hmm. And in, for example, so with country music, they still do this. It's still a problem where they only play like one female 
recording artists for every like five men or ten men or something crazy like that. The numbers and they're really? choosing to do that. It doesn't mean that there are less female country musicians. It just means that they are that's just the system. Forcing, the DJ yeah, the played system. who he loves. Right, right. Yeah. So the less that the system is in place and the more that we're doing things like with streaming, the more democratic it gets really because then people are actually listening to what they want to listen to and discovering things on their own right you know in their own ways uh even if people aren't making as much money which is a whole other but even with the money the money's unevenly distributed if it's like only you know white men getting played on the radio all the time so fuck that <laughs> anyway and i think that's i think that's why um like i said so due to social media as well kind of took over that position what radio was doing now you could just go ahead and post online and then the whole world can just see and there's no limits to people really seeing your shit unless you block them obviously um and i think that's why we had we had that that switch of as far as uh, of hip-hop becoming number one and rock and roll coming to second because for a long time rock and roll was just strictly the system was saying play mostly rock and roll pop music and then we go into the era of, what, 2017, which sounds about right, is when the streaming era started to really, really begin and people really stopped fucking with buying albums and they stopped selling in stores. And you see people are clicking on the Little Pumps, the Drakes. It's just clicks. That's what it is. It's, it's no longer sales. It's clicks. And that's why that genre ended up becoming uh, taking over because the streaming area and, I believe, social media took over that position of what radio once had, the power it had. I think that frustrates the the the, the system a lot. I really, oh, I yeah. really do. I really do. Yeah, it's kind of like they don't have control over what's hot. They kind of just have to adjust. And as you mm-hmm. notice, like when trap music kind of like started kicking off, um, I want to say like mid twenty fifteen. I, I won't say kicked off, but became more mainstream. Um, I noticed pop music started, you know, getting more experimental with the trap beats and we hear it in there more. And I think that's just that's when I started noticing the system knows that they kind of lost control. So now they have they have no choice but to adapt. And once they do adapt, obviously, that's when they can kind of take over control because whatever's hot right now, obviously, they could bring the best because they have the budget to do so. But once it's, you know, the, the shit starts to change into a different direction. That's where they start to worry because they don't know which direction it's going to go. So they kind of have to wait just like the rest of us. Yeah. I, I want to go, go back to my earlier point of like, it's not cool until white people do it. And it's like <laughs> your, your, your adaptation of, of like, like Justin Bieber doing that, um, doing Despacito, like, that was already a song on its own, like, and then right. now white people are like, oh my god, like, reggaeton, oh my god, I love it, you know? <laughs> and then... Wait, Justin like, Bieber did like, reggaeton? Well, he did that, he said, he did Despacito, and that was, like, obviously, like, a heavily Latin, like, mm-hmm. that's a song, like, I... But it opened the door and paved the way for more Latin music to be played okay. ever since that record started yeah. kicking off i see you but it, I get but you. it You're sucks right. but it sucks that it took like a little white boy from canada to do that because reggaeton has existed forever you know yeah. and right, the, same, right. the same with like like ariana grande like that girl is not latina she <laughs> is a italian like spicy white girl and she used to be pale <laughs> as fuck and now she's tan suddenly and she's doing song. she her what was her song she ripped off a song off of or to me, it sounded like a ripoff of a song from Princess Nokia called Mine. I forgot mm-hmm. what Ariana Grande song it was. But anyway, I was like, this little girl, like, straight up ripping off, like, a true, in my opinion, artist, like, Princess Nokia, just, like, trying to make her own little, like, trap song or whatever. I'm like, okay, girl, like, whatever. But she's popular because, you know, she's, like, a cute little white girl and everybody likes that shit. So, I don't know. I just oh looked my, it up, I just Googled. Tan, oh. not tan, Ariana Grande. Yeah. And I had no idea. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. yeah, it's- yeah, it's... Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I just looked it up, too. So, hip-hop became the most the most listened-to genre in 1999, which was the year that Eminem debuted the Slim Shady LP. Mm-hmm. But, no, I loved Eminem. Back in the day, um, when Eminem first came out, he was, like, public enemy number... Do you remember those days? Like, when... I was like in like junior high, but like he was like everyone hated him because he like because <laughs> ma- literally him because coming out and him having that white good, boy can't do that. 
well, that's what it was. Well, what I don't think it was that he was. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was other white people. It was white white people looking at Eminem. Yeah, it was like white people looking at Eminem, like how black people look at Tyler Perry because he was so popular <laughs> in such like a genre. <laughs> you know, they they were like embarrassed, but. But yeah. in but in real reality, it was like dope. You know, it was like him getting in. He's the first. He's like he was the first one to get in and do it as quality as everyone else. Like the Beastie Boys were good or whatever. But you know, who yeah. do you have ever met a black person who listens to the Beastie Boys? No, I mean I he was like good for the niche. Anybody. But everyone listens to Eminem and loves it. <laughs> I mean, there are black people who listen to the Beastie Boys, but I, I've I, I'm from Brooklyn. I've never met a black Beastie Boys super fan. But Eminem, yeah, I, I'm. I'm not saying that out there. I just personally don't know anyone, so <laughs> I just put, I just put in the chat the video of Princess Nokia reacting to Ariana Grande's like oh. song that she basically ripped off her. She's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> like. I don't know. It's just like a funny reaction, Sorry, but totally it's fucked up that things aren't cool until white people do it, even though black and brown people have been making shit cool forever. <laughs> and hopefully that changes. And yeah. So then basically hip hop, yeah. I guess the point I was trying to get, so hip hop became accepted once white people accepted Eminem doing it. You know? Yeah. You know, that's just, I don't Maybe. know. All right. Well, that's basically our time. We could go around and do plugs like, plug what you're, you got going on and you could like leave a final point also if you want and i guess who, who should we start with you want to let's start with alex and we'll work around the circle uh you guys can follow me on instagram um at the king of sin city th3 king of sin city <gasps> you're so but cute <laughs> Alex P on all streaming platforms. A L E X X P three. Oh, and season two, I just got picked up for a second season um, for my online talk show, the Audiomentary. So, Ooh. you guys, I'd love to have all of you guys a part of it. I really would. I think we all have you on the email. I'd love to have you guys as guests. I learned so much from you guys. I really do. I've only been doing this for a year, like entertainment, and things kind of picked up a little fast for me. So nice. it's a little intimidating, but you guys. Y'all popping the shit for real on my mama. Y'all just popping, but um, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's that's all right. That was no more yeah, that's questions. cool. Yeah, that was great. No, no, yeah. All right, cool. all right so everyone follow Alex now. I guess we'll do Sarah. Go ahead. I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything. Like I, I, you know, it's just a quarantine. Like I've, I, the only thing I've been doing is um like live DJ sets randomly on my Instagram, like by myself um, or with my fiance. Cause we used to have a DJ duo when we could DJ. Um, but yeah, they're pretty random. Um, you can, I guess, follow me if you want on Instagram, uh, Sarah crazy child. It's just all one word. <laughs> and then on there I have my, um, I'm a freelance stylist, so I have my styling page on there, too, and my DJ collective called Chalita Vinyl Club. Um, you can go to our SoundCloud and look at all of their, all of the mixes that we've all done um, over the years, and if you want to just, like, try out new music or just see what's up. But, yeah, it's pretty, pretty much it. Our band, Reformed Whores. You know, it's really been a struggle. Not so much. I don't know. We're trying. I'm in Nashville. Katie's in Brooklyn. We usually do everything in the same room together. So this quarantine has been interesting. But we have our podcast, Difficult Women. And then you can follow us on Instagram, Reformed Whores. Okay, I'm about to follow y'all right now. Yeah, yeah. So we have a new video coming out uh, for the song that you're going to be hearing. Um, and you should check out our new music video coming out. We did it in quarantine. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Sweet. Cool. And I'm Josh, and this is Niancy. You want you go, Niancy. You go first. And you can follow me at Miss Niancy, M-S-N-A-Y. A-N-C-I. And you can follow our podcast at BWT Podcast. And you can follow me at Gosh Carter. That's G-O-S-H-C-A-R-T-E-R. And that's both on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. So, and we'll, so we'll have the we'll we'll just transition now into the listening party, guys. Remember to hit the hit the subscribe button. Please leave us five star reviews. Give give us that democratic socialism of five stars. Give it out. Give it out to everyone. Five-star review. Five-star review. Let's do this. Um, and yeah, subscribe, share. Hope you liked it.
Enjoy the listening party, everyone. This has been the But Why Though podcast. said what i'm about uh yeah and i'm unapologetic told that pussy up and now your heart gon' need the medic i ain't switching up and i ain't never did nobody wrong i thought you knew that's why you said to put a condom on yeah and i ain't busting the sweat like when i busted that nut then i hopped up and left i ain't stealing bitch it's hot so don't accuse me of no theft and i'll admit that i'm a dog but i ain't never been no pet Yo, let me say it again No love allowed, now what's good with your friend? She can get it too, let's invite her up to bed Have you write it on my face? Well, shawty down, giving me head like No love allowed Don't you even think about it Go on, keep on the dream about it I don't want you No love allowed don't you even think about it Go on, keep on the dream about it I don't want you, yeah No love allowed You got laid today You're lucky cause I feel like I'm gonna explode If I don't find someone to plug my hole I'm a single girl Out there looking for a cowboy Who can get me cooking He can straddle my high like in a radio That only if he can keep up with a malabino I'm horny Me so
sort of double bag and when we bone Women aren't supposed to be so direct But I got a lady boner and it's erect I'm horny there Cutie, yeah, I'm talking to you Mexican-American is tough. Anglos jump all over you if you don't speak English perfectly. Mexicans jump all over you if you don't speak Spanish perfectly. We've got to be twice as perfect as anybody else. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Thank you. 